listening to right now is Prescott, Arizona Music Royalty. As we hand the mics back over to the Howling Coyote Tour, Mr. Jim Sobo will be taking over for episode number 205 this week. Uh, We are recording in one of the historic buildings right here in Prescott, Arizona, the Prescott College Sam Hill Warehouse, an arts collective for the college. Uh, What a beautiful building and what beautiful folks we're we're hanging out with today. You're going to be hearing, again, Jim Sobo taking over the mics for the Howling Coyote Radio Hour. And his guest today, Jonathan Best and Garrick Rawlings. Coincidentally, all three of these individuals are past guests on the Mile High Show. Uh, go to milehighshow.com and you can hear their past episodes. Uh, Garrick's been on three or four times. Jim's been on two or three times. Jonathan Best was on once uh, a couple of years ago with Danny Fisher as the host. Uh, This is the perfect example of why I wanted to do this show. So you, the listeners, can support local artists, local musicians, local creative types. And uh, uh, you know what? Support me too. Go to milehighshow.com, use that Amazon link. And uh, and uh, that's it. Listen to this music. I'm going to tune out. They are taking over. And then you will hear from Jim Sobo of the Howling Coyote Tour with his guests, Garrick Rawlings and Jonathan Best. Episode of the Howling Coyote Tour radio show. This is Jim Sobo. Um, if you don't know what the Howling Coyote Tour is, uh, every year I take local singer-songwriters up to the San Francisco Bay Area for the last 14 years. This will be my 14th year, and um, I showcase them. Uh, the artists come from all over Arizona, sometimes from different parts of the Southwest. And uh, I take them up to the San Francisco Bay Area each year, and I showcase them at several different venues. We do some radio, and it's just a wonderful concept. It's my, been my honor and privilege to be able to present this concept. Over the last 14 years, you can go to www.hellandcoyotetour.com and check that out. I'd like to thank Mr. Matt Santos with MileHighShow.com for allowing us to do these podcasts, and we're just going to jump right in. We're going to start off with Mr. Jonathan Best, I have two wonderful guests here, Mr. Jonathan Best, who is a legend, um, not only here in the Southwest, but also on the East Coast. He's traveled overseas. He's internationally acclaimed pianist, singer-songwriter, vocalist. Uh, I won't even talk about his style because I'm going to let Jonathan talk about that a little bit. Um, And then we've got Mr. Garrick Rawlings. Garrick, the first time I met Garrick, he was... um, was at Coyote Joe's, which is how this concept got its name, uh, Howling Coyotes, and and Garrick has just 
grown and and developed and now he's got a new album and he's on P pandora so this is going to be an, an amazing amazing hour of music and performance and chat about music and independent singer songwriters that i i feel compelled to let people know about um so let's again let's start off with mr jonathan best hi jonathan howdy doody howdy doody is How's right going? and we're sitting here um Right now in uh, an amazing structure, we're at the uh, Sam Hill Warehouse, and, and it's a historic structure. It's right next to where the railroad used to come through Prescott, Arizona, and there's a little remnants of the railroad here. Um, and who knows how much longer this is going to be around, so this is kind of an honor just to be here as well. Jonathan did a tour last year. Jonathan, tell everybody a little bit about your, your tour last year. Well, there, I did a couple of mini tours. They were down to... Uh Tijuana to uh, San Diego and uh, L.A. Just um, it's it was the Build the Bridges tour, and that's what we're going to do again this summer. Um, it's going to be a bigger all across the country, but awesome. it's all about uh, crossing divides and connecting people through music, and encouraging more music making amongst just regular folk. That's awesome and real folk music. If anyone has had the honor of seeing Jonathan play, Jonathan loves to get the audience involved. And Jonathan has an organization called Kamusiki. Very well said. Yes. A lot of people Tell struggle. us about tell us about that. Well, Kamusiki, the way to remember it is mu music is the key to community. So, uh, everybody's got it. Uh, sometimes it's hidden a little bit, but we try to bring it out as much as possible and and I'm just trying to encourage more people to play music and listen to music and learn music yeah and, and, and so the it's a 501c3 so we accept donations and um we have a our pet project is the build the bridges project and we have a movie that uh every time um someone sings the song the build the bridges song i got footage from places just you know where i've been cool. and different people singing we got it in Spanish. We have it translated into Spanish, uh, Russian, Arabic, Hebrew. And we're looking for more languages. And you were at a, a barber shop as well. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I just anywhere. I just stopped into a barber it's shop amazing. and, you know, like just trying to get people and then teaching them the song. And then. Yeah, it's such a great song. And if anyone comes to our next show featuring. Mr. Jonathan Best and Mr. Garrick Rawlings. We're at both going to be there? Uh, you, at the same time. Plus yeah. you, too, right? With Mr. Jim Sobo um, at Mark's Beer Garden on Friday the 19th, this upcoming Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. at Mark's Beer Garden in Prescott, Arizona. You'll get to hear that song. I'm, I'm very, very sure of, of that. Um, Jonathan, can I get you to play? Yeah, well, well you want to play that song? Sure, like, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. So like, if we point this mic... And this, by the way, the piano that you can see, they can see out of this mic, right? Yeah, absolutely, see yeah. It's, it's, the reason why I do radio is because I've got such a great face. Right. Right. I got the, I got the piano for radio right here. And that's, you made that piano, right? Well, I didn't build the piano, but I put the wheels on it. Yeah, it's, so it's a portable. So it didn't go before. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it, didn't, it just didn't go. So now, but it's, it goes, it's been, you know, up. Well, actually, it hasn't been all, all of the curves yet, but, but that, one, that, that so this is going to be at the show. Yeah, and that, I mean, what you did is you made a portable piano 
that you put into the van, and it's incredible. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a, a, a um, what's it called? I have a uh, winch. Don't say anything. <laughs> okay? I have a winch. I thought you were single. I thought you were single. <laughs> See, I, I say don't say anything knowing that something will be said. Well, you had a pregnant pause there. We had to. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> pregnant. Can I interject for just a second? For, 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 for a professional musician, a, a, an artist, somebody who has spent so much time on stage, can I just say that Garrick has the worst mic handling I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> Well, that's why he's not handling it anymore. Right. That's why I went hands-free. What were you doing? Just trying to get this thing off the table. <laughs> okay, now that we got that <laughs> off the I needed chest. to make it erect, man. Okay, but anyway. Okay. Um, this is a portable piano, and you actually got this into the van, and we're able to play throughout um, Southern California, and you went actually into Mexico. And no, I, I didn't bring this piano. Oh, you didn't? Okay. You know, I walked because I was walking across. Mexico. Oh, okay. So, uh, but I brought like a lot of other, other instruments, right? So, um, okay, you guys ready? Go yeah. Bridges, just start singing along. You don't have to try to sing along. Every verse is exactly the same except for one verse. See, I'm doing this. Notice how I'm doing this backwards. Podcast emanates from the state of Arizona. It's the, yes, it does from Prescott, Arizona. Prescott, not Prescott. Known for, not quite known for building bridges these days. <laughs> right, exactly. So which happy is happy to have right. this seed planted yeah, right exactly. here. Yeah, we're Actually, trying to. The thing is, you know, we're trying to build bridges wherever they aren't built. Right. So, and we're trying to take down walls too. But you know. You know don't want to shake too many people up on that. <laughs> we want to people shake are afraid of taking down walls for some reason. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what? You can build good bridges out of old old walls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Well that is said. Awesome. That's a great. That's a great. So um, now let's go back. Let's go back in time. Uh, Jonathan Best. Um, I think 
you can if you just put in the word Jonathan Best on a, on a Google search, you'll see your website. Um, Unless you there's the bass player. Oh, is there? Oh, there. Oh, there is. Okay. Um, and Jonathan Best, the piano player. Right. You have to put piano player. And you'll see the breadth of history that comes out of this man musically, originally from New York. From New York City? Yeah. Okay. And uh, in New York, you played with ser with several bands there? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, in New York, there's a lot of bands to right, play with. So right. I was playing all the time. When did you start playing? Like when you I think when you're 13? Something like that. Yeah. Probably 12, 13. Yeah. 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 And that's actually when you started to re record, right? Um, yeah, because I, I had a little recorder, you know, that, and, and it actually the uh, race head didn't work, so I could do overdubs, but I didn't even know why. I just discovered that when I would record, it would keep the old thing. Wow, that's amazing. Um, stroke of luck. Yeah. And, and so originally you recorded on LP. I think there's some LPs around here, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, I did. I recorded some 45s and some LPs 45s, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. amazing. And I don't even know if anyone these days even knows the technology behind. Not, I don't do. I was thinking of doing a, a, a wax cylinder recording, because I do actually have a wax cylinder recorder. Wow! But yeah. it's, it's yeah. not Jack, functioning. That's what Jack well. White got in his. Did he do one of those? Yeah. Really? yeah, he bought one of the old actual, like an arcade machine with the, the wax, booth. the booth where you could, where it used to be. Oh, uh, they had a booth. Yeah. Wow. And uh, oh. Neil Young recorded a record on it and uh, a few other people. But yeah, direct to wax. So maybe there's other people with bad mic technique here. Oh, I have, I have horrible <laughs> mic, mic technique. No, um, we're, we're now back in the day, out, right? there, we, we used to record on half inch tape as well. I don't know if anyone even knows what that is anymore. Um, it's the good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the really rich sounding, um, beautiful music that we used to hear on LP back in the day when it had some depth to it. Um, digital has kind of taken a little bit of that away, although there is some analog digital. Uh, uh, that's what kills me about it. It's cool that the vinyls become kind of, but it's kind of uh, hipster cool. And they're just, they usually, they have to sell you, uh, same with CDs, they have to give you a download card because most kids don't have the vinyl players anyway. But they sell them, I see them in the department stores, these, like like we had when we were kids, little oh, vinyl yeah. players. But what cracks me up about it, the whole, for audiophiles, what you liked about vinyl was the 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 uh, the uh, analog recording of, of the music. But now they're taking digital music and putting it on albums, so the whole, the sonic reason is doesn't even exist. It's like it actually right. sounds better on a digital player right. than a, a digital on a vinyl. So oh, it's really? kind of, it cracks. Right. Not a, yeah. There's some guys you have to be rich to be playing on a. So when you buy an LP now, buy a new a new release from a new artist on LP, and you drop a needle on it on a turntable, doesn't have that same analog quality. Well, it just has the analog quality plus the digital quality, which is a bunch of ones and zeros. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, yeah. There's some that do it analog still, but the vast majority. Because right. it's yeah. not cost-effective to record. And then, Jonathan, I hope you don't mind me, me asking or, or saying um, you've brushed heads with uh, some pretty pretty famous people in this in Jim this Sobo. Myself. We brushed, remember? We'd have. Remember? We brushed around a campfire. Yeah. Yeah. 
I you think we slept in, in a sleeping bag <laughs> next to each other for about ten days. Um, there was a lot of brushing. What did going we do? We were we were <laughs> in a tent. Yeah, we were in. Oh, a we were in a tent. Yeah, okay. At the our tour, that which was. Um, that was our tour was about four years ago now. No, no, no was it was it? three two, years ago. Two years ago. Was it two years ago? Because it wasn't last year and it was the year it before. It was the year before, so it was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, it all just flies away. Um, so, uh, yes, tell me about some of the some of the folks that you've had the honor of playing with over the, over the years. I don't know. I, I start to feel like it becomes I, I get uncomfortable, you know, Yeah. like because it's like, is it really about the music? You know, I, I've toured, done some really amazing tours um, right. and uh I don't know. I just feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I understand. I'd rather talk about like the people, right. like the, just the the love. Yeah, we'll talk about the ones that were horrible. <laughs> well, you know, they all they all have horrible qualities we all as do. well. You know, yeah. like yeah. I mean, I was freaked out a lot of the time on that one that you're right. probably talking yes, about. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I hate to be yeah, secretive. No. It's just my own. No, no, it's, it's I, no, it's true. I feel Sometimes secretive. You, it's sort of like when you play around folks. That you admire, possibly. Let's just um, get it out there. He was the fifth member of Led Zeppelin for. <laughs> <laughs> I played. I was backstage. They he wouldn't taught let John me. Paul Jones everything he knew on because I had the face for radio. They didn't want me on the stage. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah, so. but yeah, you're you're right. Like some, I actually that's that's something that, um, as a fan of music, there's a lot of folks that I admire and are, are influenced by, um, that I don't want to know. Because I don't want to know who they are as people, you know. I just I want to keep them in, in that image or that vision as how I, I see them, don't rather than your heroes if you can help it. Rather than you know who they possibly are, you know, their actual personalities from day to day. It, yeah, it could crush my 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 vision of them, you know. Right, and, right. And it's and sort how, of like how, not even about who they are as people. Right. And so just let the the music kind of speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, fantastic. Um, would you like to play another song? Sure. Like, what, what would you like to, to hear and how long should I play? Uh, I'm very much advocate original music. So any original that you're inspired. I, I haven't really thought about this. You know? Yeah. I haven't written a song in a while. Yeah. Um, I know there's got to be. I can't think of one it's offhand okay. that I want to play. So you think about that. Okay. 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 Garrick Rawlings. Garrick, tell me how you first made it here to uh, Prescott, Arizona, and I don't know if I've made it yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, the re uh, how I got to Prescott? Yeah. Uh, um, well, for I lived out. I'm from a Midwesterner originally, and I moved out to LA when I was 24 or 25. A couple years ago, and uh, um, but I had a great aunt, my great aunt Dixie, the youngest sister of my grandma, six sisters back there, farmers in Illinois, and uh, she lived here in Prescott, you know, before I ever moved out west. So once or twice a year was my escape from L.A., you know. And if you you spent you grew up in L.A., didn't you? Or I yeah, you, all you over. Was, yeah, I lived yeah, in, Cal in, in the Bay Area, California boy. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know how it can get over there, and you come up here and you get some fresh air and some space, and yeah. then when my life went off the rails in L.A. finally, I just yeah. I, I came out and had a had a nice little retreat and got Was things it, back together. And when did you when did you first get into playing and 
and starting to write original music and maybe finding your your voice? Um, it was high school. Uh, I was I grew up in a real hillbilly town called Sturgis, Michigan. Not everybody says Sturgis, South Dakota, with Harley's art. No, we're the original Sturgis, Michigan. It's rural. We're halfway between Detroit and Chicago. So unlike the West out here, we're well, you know, we're two hours outside of Chicago. It sounds like nothing out here because people drive five hours to Vegas or six, seven hours to LA and not think of it. But anyhow, we didn't even have rock radio where I grew up. So it was, uh, I'm 53 now, but uh, I was already a pretty mid-level teenager, mid-age teenager before I even knew what Led Zeppelin was because we grew up in that era of Journey and, and Ariel Speedwagon and, and who were good in the 70s, actually. But uh, so my trips, my mom was from Chicago, so I get, I'd stay up all night. This is the typical old story with your radio under it's the covers so listening yeah. to, the, you know, the Loop and all these XRT, these great stations out of Chicago, playing whole albums and stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, coming back to Sturgis. And pe- what happened? I'm wearing Zeppelin T-shirts and stuff, and they're, they're doing the backward masking Christian stuff on the radio. <laughs> they're, they're secret satanic messages and music. It's like, that's what I grew up in. <laughs> but, but a kid from, moved from uh, I never thought I could even play. There was nobody in my family or in the town that said you could do this. The typical Midwestern work ethic thing. Yeah. And then a kid moved in from suburban Chicago and he had an electric guitar. I think it was probably a sophomore in high school and he could play a few songs and it was like taught me a few chords and just the magic of an electric you know it's powerful and uh got into it that way and got into the hard rock and and play always wrote and and uh, but i never wanted to sing then i ended up going to college there i thought it was for another four-year excuse of finding guys and getting a band together and then it, it never happened and then Long, sto- long stories cut and short. I got married in, L- in and out of it in L.A. my whole life of music, and then got out of it, got into a pretty decent band uh, right after I got divorced, and then le- guys my age now, who you know, a couple of the guys were in Greg Allman's touring band and stuff, I'm, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm playing some high-caliber guys here, but it's just like every level. Half of them are on cocaine. Half of them are getting paid this. Some aren't getting paid. <laughs> One day... You guys getting paid for rehearsal? Something new, young guy, you know. Anyway, it all fell apart within a couple of months. I was just hanging on for dear life, and that's when I just I needed to start singing my own songs, or I'll never get anywhere. Trying to have a band in that day and age, and then I weird circumstance. I ended up going on the road with Ramblin' Jack Elliott and road managing him and opening shows. Learned all kinds of everything about being a solo guy from that guy, and just built it up from there. You know, it was. So I started putting it together. I had people always ask me, how do you do it? And I'm like, it wasn't easy, man. The whole, I had that whole uh, um, wall in my head about singing and playing. Like, I can't play drums good. Like, how do you get 10 rhythms going at the same time? Piano players with their two hands going. How do they do that? And just, I got it down to simple Neil Young songs until I just separated that huge thing in my brain that let me free it up and I, I still have my troubles <laughs> learning new songs or writing my own but right. yeah that was the breakthrough and I've just been chasing that ever since yeah. still like playing loud electric guitar but was there, but a, moment, mostly solo. Was there a moment f- for you Jonathan when you like decided like uh, I'm gonna do my own thing and I'm gonna have my own voice and I'm gonna have my own style and yeah pretty much when I was 13 wow. I knew that's my only way yeah otherwise I'm just down yeah, it took me 17 years to figure. It was like 30 yeah. when I oh, finally figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Could you? Did they hear that? Yeah. We. 
So our, when our you were club. 13 is when <laughs> you got the headphones is, is when you um, is when you first uh, you know and I was 14 this is what happened I was 14 and the local it was like a community event and the local band knew that I was like writing my own songs and stuff and they had an electric piano and he invited me he to, to sing a song like I was 14 and um, it's, it's just like suddenly people heard me. Like I felt like I was invisible all my life. And then suddenly everybody was paying attention to me. And it was a complete game changer for me. From then I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, I, there's no question about Did, it. Would, would you, I'm going to ask both of you, and then this is the, I guess the standard interview question, but would you say that there's anyone that you were influenced by that you saw come through your music or different styles of music or categories of music? Or is it for you, it sounds like it's just a, like a... Well, it's a whirlpool, yeah. but the, but there are, like the, I, I would say maybe two, like there was this, these people came over with a record, you know, Memphis Slim? Mm -hmm. they, they brought by Memphis Slim. Yeah, and, and they said, hey, this guy sounds like you. And I said, wow, he sounds like me. He's like, sounds... I have to get out my old Memphis Slim album. Yeah, listen to Memphis that. Slim, and then you'll know what I, what I sound like. And so I, I realized I, 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 he was like my first mentor. Really, wow! And then, and then, but but really, I like never guess that from the performances. Not a, that's not a that's because you've gone so far beyond blues that. But it's all well, I feel like that. blues is everything. Yeah, you know, is. everything I do is blues. No, I totally you know, get really. It. You know that, and so I um, say that because if you haven't heard Jonathan Best, he's his chops are over the top. So to hear him that it started with the blues is 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 heartening in Memphis Slim. Yeah. He's a, he's See, it's funny, Chicago you know, guy. like I, I never thought of myself as a chops man. Like I always thought, you know, like I'm just, you know, songwriter, you know, artist kind of person. But um, the, uh, then the other one is is Bob Dylan. I know it's like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Bob Dylan, everybody's How like. can you mm. not? Yeah, I mean, but he was it's the cliche, one. but it's. It's, yeah, it's funny it's like how some of these cliches. Like Beethoven of, like, of, of I mean Beethoven kind of too. Like yeah, he's an influence, and uh, but um, what he gave me really was permission to be vague. Like I, I could, I could just like just write songs that no one knew what I would. Made me think of Joan Baez's lyric, her song yeah, about yeah. him, about right, uh, right. what diamonds and rust, where she says she has a line about him being vague. Right, <laughs> which is and, right and it's like that's what poetry is. You know, it's yeah. like you don't know what they're talking about really. And because it goes beyond words, it goes that, beyond. I'm sorry to interrupt. Was that you that said the post today that where an uh, artist was? Uh, you had the quote where an artist was. Uh, I think it was Bukowski. Somebody put it on the. <laughs> it wasn't today. me. Well, it said an artist. Bukowski, art me and Bukowski. Yeah, and, and an intellectual can make something complicated sound simple, or or they one or the other. I have. I'm obviously not an intellectual. But well, you're so you're the, going beyond words right now. Yeah, the like intellectual can do this, but the art the artist takes something complicated and makes it simple. Or no, the artist takes something vague <laughs> and makes sense out of it. Where the intellectual takes something complicated. But and you're makes it you're simple. taking something very simple and making it very vague. <laughs> Or complicated. <laughs> I interrupted yeah. your flow. My apologies. Or yeah, complicated. Um, yeah, and if anyone's seen Jonathan, I just to uh, remark. Call, on, you know, give the number to call. Uh, on Garrick's, right, 1 800. <laughs> uh, on Garrick's re remark is that Jonathan um, is always, 
um, to me, part of your spirit has always been very evolutionary and very experimental and open to yeah. all different types of media and just whatever you can incorporate to make it something new and something exciting, something kind of engaging and uh, for the folks that are watching. It's not just the, you don't just sit there and watch, Jonathan, you usually uh, uh, participate. Okay, like, now can I say something on that thread. Before <laughs> yes, yes. I don't mean to take over the show. No, no. But I, yeah. for a while, well, uh, for a while, I hosted a an open mic at uh, what at was Joe's. what? Yeah, what yeah. was called the the Brick and the Bones back yeah. then. Brick and Bones, yeah. And uh, and as you know, you've done this kind of work. Like you're having a couple. You know, you're putting my scrappy ass on stage Friday. Go ahead. And. Uh, but you, you know, and the, the point of those things is to let anybody play. But most of what you get are are are, are amateurs, and and rightfully, I'm not cutting, not uh, uh, criticizing any of it. But once in a while, you get a pro up there like Jonathan. But Barney's your job as a host. When there's these gaps of people that are scared and stuff, you kind of do a little interjection, say something or something. And then Jonathan was up there, like we were inside because it was cold, and I knew you were, and I your music. But there, all you were doing was getting your sound together. And uh, so I came in and started to say something just to get and he, he cut me a look like this. <laughs> he cut me a look, not out of line at all, but it was like, I got this, man. Let me, <laughs> I forget how you did it, but it was, I was so good to have, because I totally got what you were doing. Shut up, man. I got this. He said it the most what were you, you going to do? What was you, what, no, what, I was what, just getting on the hog in the mic to get, I felt a you know, lull in the show, so I was getting on mic and I was ad-libbing something and he gave me a look like, what the hell are you doing? That's my time. Not being rude at all, but you're like, you're right. It's been a okay. while since I had a pro in the well, room. Well, I'm glad we finally let, brought this let, to the surface let me, now, after all these let years. Let me walk. No, there wasn't anything <laughs> negative about it. It was just like, hey, I forgot we got a pro on this stage because everything that Jim was just saying, the, the spirit, the musicality, and the whole freaking thing, aside, aside from the music, he's got a great stage presence in the rap anyway. So I just. So now you were saying that you had, you had originally toured and were a road manager for... Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Ramblin' Jack singer. Elliott. Yeah. Was he an influence, or like, where did where did some of your, as far as what you hear coming out of your music now? Oh, oh, absolutely. Because especially from a solo guy, Jack, he do, he wasn't much of a writer. I think he's only written a, a handful of songs, but he was known as a master interpreter. Like, uh, like even Woody, he was. If you don't know Ramblin' Jack, look him up. But he was the last guy that toured the country with. Uh, uh, Woody Guthrie before Woody got too sick. He actually, I, I, Bob Dylan is is credited to him with helping oh, him to get his, his sound. That's the In old fact. He told Bob to shut up and sing your heart. Right. Try, yeah. Stop trying to sound like other people. Yeah, it was a Dave Van Ronk, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Uh, that Jack. Uh, uh, now I'm starting to feel like <laughs> Jonathan. I hate talking about the people that I do, but uh, 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 Bob was, or uh, Ramblin' Jack was over in Europe. Busking with uh, that banjo player, can't think of his name right now, and uh, he was out of the country when that whole Greenwich Village folk scene began to boom in the late '50s and early '60s, before Bob Dylan, before the Beatles, and all that rock. The whole rock and roll thing was on a lull because Elvis was in the army, <laughs> and uh, the good rock. You know, uh, 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 Bill Haley was drunk, and uh, and uh, it, the crooners were taking over, like Pat Boone and Donovan. They were all uh, gentrifying the rock and you know Pat Boone doing the Little Richard songs in a real saccharine, huh, I never dumbed down that. way, 
And uh, so there wasn't, so that's what allowed this music to come in. And Bob had his, Jack had recorded a couple EPs over in Europe where his first uh, uh, official recordings. And he was legendary amongst the scene. And then, so uh, it's in Bob, he even wrote it in his book. He stole those records from one of his uh, female friends at, at the college that he was going to in Minnesota. And he got to Greenwich Village with this whole story about being a cowboy and running. It was all bullshit, just like Jeremiah Jack's story. They're two Jewish guys from. <laughs> from <laughs> Jack was a uh, Elliot Adnipos, son of a, a, a Jewish doctor, and we all uh, Dylan's Bob Zimmerman, and uh, uh, Bob gets to Greenwich Village and he's trying to be he's trying to be Woody Guthrie and and uh, Van Van Ronk. So there's already a guy that does it better than than you will ever do it, and he did it better than uh, Woody ever did. Even Woody said it. And like the famous story, uh, don't think twice. Where uh, Bob heard uh, Jack doing it in Gertie's or one of the famous old Grinch Village clubs, and as I bequeath it to you, you'd sing it better than I ever could. So that wow. the way he the way he could work a crowd as a solo artist, and and uh, he has a real beat jazz sort of way of of improvising on the guitar within his songs and the other songs that he does. And he goes from Hoagy Carmichael to to Hank Williams to Hank Snow to every Woody and everybody and Lead Belly and, and uh, uh, Jesse Fuller and all the, he's all over the map that way. So yeah, he was a huge influence on me as an adult, like in my early thirties. I had some of his records before I got to know him. That's a whole other story. But yeah, that going in that direction because I was a huge Neil Young and Johnny Cash fan and always and Dylan of course I always admired those guys as an electric guitar player who didn't think I could sing still don't I always admired those guys that could go out with a full band they could go out with a little band they could go if the band didn't show up they could play solo and I was like I want to when the bass player doesn't show up I want to say or the drummer I want to be able to still do a show and not rely on the guys right. and that and now I'm scared the other way I can't I don't want to get a band together and have to rely on those guys <laughs> Yeah, there's something to Funny be said. Times yeah. There's something to be said about going solo. That's actually the energy of that's the one of my time, prerequisites for the tour is that you have to be able to play your own instrument, write your own songs, and sing your own songs and perform your own songs. So not like the monkeys, you wouldn't take them out. No. <laughs> and God bless Peter York. He just just passed Peter away. Tork, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he wrote one of their. And Nesmith wrote. Few others, and it turns out like Peter actually was a great musician. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I saw this where he was auditioning. He was ripping it up on the guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was Linda Ronstadt's first? Nesmith wrote, I think, Linda Ronstadt's first hit. Oh, really? I can't think when there was the Stone Ponies, her band before she was solo. Oh yeah, before the Eagles were her band. That, they were the, the Eagles. I think the big hit was. Um, um, you know, I know what it is. But a different drum. Yeah, different drum. That's, yeah. I think that's a Nesmith song. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Wow. You wow. guys can Google it. <laughs> so Jonathan doesn't have to be uh, an original. Play anything that that you that you would like. You know, maybe maybe um, I don't know. Do we have how much time do we have? Well, we have plenty of time. We uh, this is an it's the Howling Coyote Tour Radio Hour. Can you sing it. Can you sing. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll do this Bob Dylan song. I hear he's good. I'm singing as soon as that mic is up. Once upon a time, it just so fine, through the bumps of time, 
You're invisible now You ain't got no secrets You can't see you How does it feel So that was Mr. Jonathan Best playing um, a, a song that we don't need to introduce in his interpretation, which is absolutely gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. That's like, um, might be my, I don't know, it's a masterpiece of a song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I even left the verse out. Yeah, no, but I, yeah, uh, it was like I, I too know. much. I couldn't throw I know. it all in there. I, I know, no, it's if you don't, I mean, the beauty of an interpretation, yeah. you know, uh, when it comes to covers, I mean, really with this tour, I try to, I want to promote original music. You know, I want people to hear people playing original music. I want people to write original music and feel free to express themselves. It's such. I mean, music saved my life if I wasn't able to express myself with it. Um, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I would not be alive today. No. I can pretty much. I can yeah. No. No without, doubt. Without music. Um, so, I just want people. I want people to hear the artists that I showcase to show them that. Okay. Well, you know, I was going to do well, an Ario Speedwagon song. <laughs> but I can I just. Uh, I, I feel so you just my plan. What I was I'm leading into. I'm going to go into, back to Loverboy. I love the Canadian rock. What I was leading rock. into is that despite, <laughs> even though most of the stuff that I personally play is original, when I do decide to do a cover, I want it to mean something to me, and I want to be able to pour yeah. myself into that and make it mine in my own way. Yeah. You know. I don't cover a song unless I felt like you know i wish i wrote it or right and there's a lot of covers maybe you could relate there's some covers i learn that i know i can never do any justice to as a singer or, or but i just want to know how it goes yeah just to, how does it feel to play a masterpiece or what you know there's some i might have brought this up on one of your previous shows matt where i forget who the writer and author was he goes i just had to type out i forget whose story it was but they just had to type it out on an old typewriter, just to see what it felt like to... I wouldn't have a pa the patience for four or five hundred pages, but, you know, a three-minute song, you know. <laughs> just to know how... Yeah. I may never put it in my repertoire, but it's like, I just wanted to know well, how they got there. <laughs> to the, or expose people to songs that they probably have never heard. Or, that, or, that you... That was a favorite little gem absolutely. from your past that you are almost sure that no one's ever heard and you want to expose people to. That's a great way to do a, a cover, too. Yeah, because, you know, that song to me, actually, a lot of people I don't think are aware what it's really about. And to me, I mean, it has its own personal meaning to me. But I feel like it's something like what we're going through right now, this country. like people, No doubt. 
don't realize that it could be you next. No doubt. And I think it's good to get a little reminder out there. People are a little too freaking comfortable with how soft our lives have been in this country. Right. You've traveled, and you know you guys have traveled. It's... It's a blessing. As bad yeah. as we can sit here and bitch about what we got here, it's still Look light years three. ahead of. We got four yeah. white guys, man. White men, you know. Well, we Matt, do- you know. <laughs> well, you know, just. Right. We grandfather old Matt in here. <laughs> All right, so Garrick, let's let's in, let's introduce everyone to Mr. Garrick Rawlings. Um, I've again, I've had the honor to watch you just blossom in this town and and um and so please play us yes. an original play us a cover whatever you you, yeah, you, I'll do you one feel off comfortable the new record. okay cool um this one's uh i was lucky enough to get uh perla bataya to sing back up on this it's called the song's called no tango palabras which means uh, i have no words in english and uh when here I'm going to talk about how great it is on the record and not have her here, but uh, um, when I was doing my demos here in uh, Arizona, I wanted to show Rick Shea the producer. I, I, I really want a native tongue singing Spanish singer to sing with me on this song, and uh, I couldn't find anybody around here to do it. And then I thought, well, L.A. I mean, there's few Latinos in L.A. I reckon, and uh, and uh, we couldn't find one either. And then. Uh, Perla, God bless her. If you don't know who Perla Bataille is, she sang and, and co-wrote with Leonard Cohn and toured with him and on a couple of his albums. And uh, I took a stab. I'm new to all the, the book face Facebook stuff, and and then I complain about it, and I hate it. But for not the, these t- modern tools, I would have never found Perla. I just cold contacted her on the Facebook, and I shouldn't even reveal these secrets. But... Uh, 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 just explain what I was doing, and I got it. And the best I thought I would hope is maybe she had a protege or friend that would, you know, help me out and help them out, that kind of thing. But she, she her first move was I'd really rather con- uh, communicate via email than Facebook. So I loved her right away. I go, me too. God, I can't stand this. And uh, uh, sent her the song, and she we worked it all out, man. She, yeah, I want to do it for you. And, uh, and uh, so I got her on that. And uh, yeah, I sent it. No, we all, well, my producer Rick Shea out in Covina, uh, in his garage, we, these are all garage, we, it looks glamorous on the CD. We recorded in Los Angeles and Highland Park and in Prescott, Arizona, but they're all our garage studios, you know, but with excellent guys, you know, it's, that's, as much as I bitch about technology, you can make wonderful stuff in garages these days, yeah, it's the people, yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, no, she came out with her daughter, attracted we had a whole well i think we added a little more later but uh yeah she just tracked it with us in the in the garage studio and her daughter was right there when the daughter was grooving to it i was like okay that's a good sign because she's college age girl you know and uh yeah she's a beautiful person uh we (coughs) cough button um like uh, you'd brought up earlier you jim maybe you don't want to meet the people you admire so much just for the sake and and but she was one of the best like after we were done, lots of pros, you get them in the studio, they do their parts, and then they leave right away. And I, she could have sang one part and left, and I would have been happy. Yeah. But she sat there and <clears throat> sang, you know, regular harmony thing, and then did a couple variations, and then said, I want to I do three-part harmony on this and just beat it out. Or, we're just going, holy, this is just amazing. And then sat down and told us wonderful stories about Leonard Cohen, touring with Leonard and 
what a bitch Jackson Brown can be. And, <laughs> oh, and stop. No, don't even <laughs> say that. I love Jackson Brown. All right, let's hear that song. It's uh, No Tango Palabras. Guitarra. I have no words to describe. I see behind your big brown eyes I feel the fire I feel inside I feel for you just like a child Este amor apasionado Ya no puedo cantar, solo toco la guitarra porque no tengo palabras. La guitarra. 
There you go. So tell me a little bit about um, about the new album. What what did you dis did you you acquired enough songs that it was time to, to record a new album or um, <laughs> it was the was album I was, I, before my life went off the rails in L.A. It was the album I was to make uh, it back in two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some With some newer songs in between there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Not really. I left the bad ones out. Oh. That was kind of the inspiration yeah. of that. Uh, the first song, and that's that song, there's the second song. It was about a relationship. and I had a whole song cycle album, but I had a, but they were all miserable, suicidal, the most horrible, you know, <laughs> gut-wrenching, heartbroken so love songs ever. Song. Yeah, and I got a bunch of them. But uh, one of my friends, close friend, knew the whole situation of my music. I goes. I remember when you were with her. You were like the happiest I'd ever seen. Don't you write anything about that? And I'm like, who the hell writes you don't when you're happy? <laughs> you know? Yeah, everything's cool. You don't yeah, need to write yeah, a song. Yeah. So actually, no. I have a I have an EP loaded up and a whole other album ready to go. I just need the money to get it to, to get it recorded. So yeah. excellent. And then you. Yeah. This is also on. So it's a little bit of mix of the older stuff with the new, which I can kind of do with the next one because I've been. I'm not prolific by any means, but when you don't put anything out for ten years, you've got some stuff. You know, vlog. <laughs> Got yeah, some yeah, stuff yeah. To, to get out there, so I'm in a good place right there for that right now. Everything's it's it's really nice. And uh, you you uh, you your songs are on Pandora now, right? Are they? I I I, I have I have to. I know I'm on all, Pandora's. Like, uh, what do they call? There's a name. There uh, 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 was a host. I'm not saying it right. But they actually review it before they put it on there and stuff. Oh, so okay. I, w I didn't get on there right away. So I'll have to go look it up. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> because it was a stroke. Because I mean, you're on the CD baby thing, and then they say you're on all these other things, and then you go check, and you're not really on them, and you have to go put extra stuff on there. And then I wasn't on Pandora. Oh no, this is a. Oh, I almost had the word. Uh, uh, like there's custodians. There's another better word for it, of these playlists and Got stuff. Uh, housekeepers, no. but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just it took me ten years to get caught up with 2007, so I'm trying to move forward. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that was that was an that was an awesome song. It's it's great to hear people all true appreciate um, <laughs> different forms too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that's that's half of the. Um, we the, can't live in L.A. Job. for 20 years without picking up some uh, Latin music, yeah, which I've yeah, always yeah. loved anyway. So and what a what a beautiful and heritage and, and guitar and music. I mean, it's rich, all Spanish-based yeah, history really. of music. Los Lobos. I love those guys. Yeah, man. yeah, just just you know, just really like heartfelt, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music. Um, would you play another one for us? Yeah, man. Great. And uh, while he's doing that, um, kind of again, this Friday, the 19th of April, we'll be at Mark's Beer Garden from 6 to 9 p.m. here in Prescott, Arizona with Mr. Jonathan Best. I haven't Ms. been to the new Mark's Oh, Beer it's fantastic. Garden. Mark, Mark there's a lot of musically going on down yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's... I've been out of town a lot lately, yeah, but he's, uh, he's I see done, there's he's stuff. He's done an amazing job with 
the venue. He smokes meat there. He's got an oh, incredible tap list. He's else. present. <laughs> he's an owner operator that's present every single day. So well, I'm looking forward. Even to though it's him. called Mark's Beer Garden, Mark is there every day to say hi. And I think people in small towns still kind of a, appreciate. A lot of places that. failed around here because of right. the lack of that. I would right. venture yes. to guess. They want to. They yeah. want to meet the person and have the person yeah. invest. In, it's in, not easy work, but it's also not rocket science. In the community, <laughs> right. So Mark's there a great guy. Come on there. down and meet Mark. He will be there, and he'll serve he'll serve you a a, a, a cold one, and uh, we'll be there this this Friday, the nineteenth of April, between six and nine p.m. with Mr. Jonathan Best and Mr. Garrick Rawlings, and, uh, m- and Mr. Jim Sobo. Jim Sobo will be there as just he's, kind of a fly on the he's wall. Part of the franchise. You're not yeah. gonna, we don't have you're to gonna sing some tunes, right? Oh, of course, of course, we're gonna sing some. <laughs> Should I do my protest I, song? You're gonna sing uh, from the wall, huh? Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, since it's the build the bridges, you know. Yeah. I, I should. I was thinking of the wall, Walt Hunt Pink Floyd. Okay, no. Should I do I have a th- if you should I do I have a thief? It's my Sounds one good. real protest. I got a reviews on this. It's a band album, but uh, there's two songs that I do solo on, and this is one of them. Oh, these are the kind of songs you wish you didn't have to write. I have a thief. There's a man in the mountains. He bled out the Russians. We provided the weapons because we were friends then. I can forget how it goes. There's a man in the mountains who bled out the Russians. We provided the weapons because we were friends then. Then he turned against us. He sent planes to kill us, waging a war of deceit. Choosing allies. We got a leader who says he's got God in his head, but our proud constitution is laying in ruin. All these insurgents are a minor disturbance, never admit defeat. With a swagger and a smirk, yeah, of a thief. There's a cardinal in the cathedral who preaches against evil, but the justice in his kingdom is relocate to freedom. The priest in his sacristy uses children immaculately, new virgin flesh to feast. The slick corporations and the lobby formations have hijacked our Congress, our freedoms and regress. Well, the phonies and the cronies, they never leave. They take no punches, they just bob and they weave. Our open dope, the Avathy. 
used to build everything, soon we'll build nothing. What a strange sensation to outsource the nation. Our representations, transparent truths, they don't serve me. They don't serve you. Serving somebody. Is that one also off the new yeah, album? That's the one, yeah, it's okay. just like it. It's just me and the, Great. It's actually a demo. They used the demo. played that to the band out there, and they were like, why don't you just use that? Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show with uh, two more questions. Okay, fantastic. So many. Because this is called the Howlin' Coyote 2 Radio Hour, um, Jonathan, were there any stations that you used to listen to? I, uh, You know, folks don't really... They're back in the day. There, there was a time before uh, Sirius XM and before Pandora and before we had all of our own devices. 89.5, 89.5 right here in Prescott. Undercurrents and that station out of Yuma. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. It's good roots music, man. Real radio. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. What was that? You should send your music down there. Yeah. Oh, uh, I thought it was in Prescott. It's out of Yuma. Well, they broadcast here. That's oh. out, out of the college station out of Yuma. Okay. But the station here also uh, broadcasts undercurrents out of the Bay Area, which is a Native American oh, okay. network Un- of a roots right, music, right. and also the college down there. And they play. It's funny to hear the young college. They like the mispronounced names that are in our DNA. I can't. I was thinking about it on the way up. It's not as bad as Springsteen or something, but almost that bad. Where you're, and here's a great song from somebody. You can tell they're just reading it because they don't. They didn't grow up with them. You, a guy named Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, it's not the right guy, but you hear stuff like that. You're like, God bless them. They're trying so hard to play the good music. And ninety point one. Ninety point. Yeah. I don't know the call letters. Ninety point one. Well, Tom Agostino's folk session shows gets broadcast on that. Uh, uh, yeah, and eighty nine out in the valley. It's eighty nine five. It's it's a weak signal for sure, but it's uh, yeah. really good music. Uh, yeah, they can. So, they stream it? Jonathan Best, um, when you were growing up, was there a, a radio? WBI <laughs> listener sponsored WBI public radio in New York City? What wow. Did you grow up in the city? Well, outside of the city, north yeah. of the city. Yeah. And uh, what were they playing? The thing is, they were, it was like mostly talk, but they would play some weird stuff, man. They, they played like, uh, like I got introduced to Schoenberg. You all dig Schoenberg, right? I don't know Schoenberg. Completely like atonal, no, no tonal center, just sounds. Ambient? Not ambient at all, very in your face. <laughs> I don't know. Um, look like, up Schoenberg. Yeah, look up Schoenberg. To me, yeah. it was a suburb of Chicago, but. Huh. <laughs> and uh, but but that was just one of the things. Larry Josephson just blew my mind. They they and then they had some late night stuff, you know, where uh, I got introduced to the Magic Bus, you know, with who, and um, and then uh, then later it was really um, what was that? It was out of East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, it was uh, WFMU. 
WFMU. And they would just play. They had no, it was freeform radio. So, like, uh, the DJs each would just play whatever they came to mind. And and I was always trying to get my stuff on there. And there was a couple of DJs that would be willing to play my stuff. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's made usually those late night sessions, you know, when you're hiding in yeah, in that's when you hear it. Your bedroom, and you know, you're supposed to be asleep already, and you're trying to get that that signal. <laughs> you dial it in, right? It's just like, oh yeah. gosh, yeah. See, why can't we do that anymore? The digital thing, man, it lost all the nuance. Yeah, like really like between stations, you can't go between stations anymore. Yeah. Well, I've been working out in Sedona, and you can eighty nine. I have it in eighty nine five because I'm right between Prescott and Prescott Valley, so it, it depends on the stronger signal. But going out that you know that cutoff, going down one sixty nine to get on seventeen, going north, you pick up the uh, the Phoenix Classical Station KV KV uh, eighty nine five down there. So you go from roots. You, you can go from like muddy waters to freaking Chopin. And, and back and foot through, like clear as a bell, back and forth all the way through. And sometimes That's somebody's riding with me and they're like annoyed as hell. Oh, I love it. I just get, I'm like, you go it's through like a mashup. Yeah, it mashes it up. And then you're like, uh, and then, you know, it always ends on the I best part. I know those guys would love playing together. Chopin, and he's, he's man, totally. I could see those guys jamming out. No, they're all musical. No doubt. Yeah. Was like Chopin introduced a lot of jazz people. Like influenced a lot, no of doubt. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think jazz. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, it seems like the intersection between classical and blues, kind of. You know, like it's it's kind of. I feel like that's one way to describe it because yeah. there's no to way me, to come. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. one, to me, yeah. it's one yeah. more finger on the chords of the blues chords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like or two. Let's try or one two. more. Let's see. Let's what, how about a seven-string guitar? Yeah, let's, let's go. Happens. Let's go more than two notes on the chord. Yeah. <laughs> and Garrick, did you get any any stations that you heard out of, out of Chicago, like every now and then, or like um, I couldn't pull them in from where, like in the. I love those old stories of the old days because the fifty thousand watt WLS right. out of Chicago, like all kinds of country guys. Picked up the rebroadcast of the country, the the, the out of out of Nashville and Memphis, I, but the. Airways were too crowded by then. But there was a st- out of Angola, Indiana, WLKI, David Christian. I still remember him. He was he was a top 40 radio station, but at night they had a DJ that could play albums. So I remember him. But in Chicago, De- and they're still there. WXRT, still a great indie station. Um, not unlike Undercurrents in the 90.189, where they can go from Zeppelin to a Latin song to a Sinatra to, to, to Memphis Slim to, and, and there, to Jay Giles from the 70s or something. You know, it's just wonderful stuff. And uh, well, back then, The Loop was a big one, and WLUP in Chicago was a big one. But I just spent a month in L.A., and it was funny. Uh, K-Rock, which was one of the famous. Uh, right, that was, uh, new, I thought that was San Francisco. K- 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 there's, I think there's one yeah. in San Francisco, okay. but the big one that's syndicated is K Rock in, yeah, in L.A. Rodney, Rodney Bingheimer had his Rodney show. Rock, and, yeah, he broke the uh, ses- the sex sex pistols. Sex pistols, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And and now they had a '90s weekend. I was there, and I was like, I really couldn't tell any difference from the non-'90s weekend because they're all yeah. playing the same shit, and it's yeah. good shit. But it, there's a few new things, but it's almost the same playlist as when I moved there. And there, because to me, as far as popular rock and stuff, music, the early mid to mid '90s were the last great 
era where there was bands I would never buy their album, but I still appreciated hearing their songs on the radio. It's clever or nice or it doesn't happen that much anymore. So unless it's completely independent, like if it's just people that you just randomly find. Yeah, yeah. There's that's, yeah. That's there's the some, there's stuff, they come man. around once in a while. Yeah. I can't even. I was gonna bring up one, but I couldn't even think of it. Yeah, but yeah, it's rare when there's a whole. It's cool that the like the record companies because I I have a friend that was like, you know, doing. She was vice president with uh, Blue Ooh. Note or something. We need to get her in here. And, but she was <laughs> like, no, this thing is crashing. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. And it's like, thank God, man. I'm sorry you lost your job, but you know it's not serving. Somebody, us. it was in one of the internet things I read today where there's, you know, Blue Note was as, Blue Note was just as important to Sun Records and all the rock. Back and in the day, it was. Well, this is before. Then they it were acquired by Capital. Then Capital took them. They took over. Blue yeah, Note? and that's when they started. Because yeah. Blue Note took over. One of those other jazz labels back in the day, even that a lot. Prestige was it? I, I was going to say that, but was even it? though I didn't know, but, but I, that's I think, what came to mind. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. But yeah, those cats were. Uh, 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 the I get that from you could probably y'all can probably relate. The younger folks that will hear my CD or something, and they'll, how did you get that sound? And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like. Well, you get the band sounds really tight and everything. I go, well, four guys in a room doing the backing tracks together. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you didn't do it separately on GarageBand? And I'm like, no, we actually, every one of those, <laughs> there's four guys. I mean, we added stuff and sweetened it and did more parts, but every of all the band tracks, every, every track is a band playing live together in a room. I mean, I was in an ISO booth because I'm singing, but... But there's a guitar, bass, and two gu- bass, drums, and two guitars live on every freaking song. And they're, how did you get that? And I'm like, well, we practiced, and <laughs> they have plugins really- for that, like you, yeah, you, so you can sound like you're playing together. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't sound like the plugins playing together, so they can't. Get, it doesn't sound like the plugin playing together. How did you get the playing together? Well, we played together. Well, the you know, <laughs> just to drive a, a point Let's home. Let's thank the Rick Shea and Sean Norse and Dave Hall. I'm not, I got to give him credit. Done um, without those guys. Oh. Uh, Jamie is, is, is that, um, you know, please, audience of the Mile High Show and the Helen Coyote Tour Radio Hour, um, check out independent, original singer songwriters out there. They are out there. They're still out there. They're still trying to create and go out of your way. To try to find new extraordinary talent. Um, that's one of the great things about this age, is that we can have a living without a major label. We don't we need can, labels. Yeah, we can. We can we create. We don't need minor labels either. Right. No we, labels whatsoever. We can. We can create. We can um, produce. Prefer a polyamorous We can label. record. <laughs> that, that's your label. <laughs> we can perform. Love we can Love it all. distribute. <laughs> Um, we can do it all, and it's all out there for everyone to hear now. So all of us, we can so all do it. Check it out, and come and check out. That's that is the purpose. Friday, of Mark's Beer Garden, the Howling Coyote Tour, is for to F's check sake. out new original singer songwriters and just have it be diverse, have it be beautiful, and come out and support these people. Come down, Mark's Beer Garden this Friday night, the nineteenth of April, from six to nine p.m. It's Mr. Jonathan be a good Best. Friday. 
and Mr. Garrick Rawlings. Thanks to you, Jim Sobo. Will, will be there, and I, of course, will be there, Jim Sobo from the Helen Coyote Tour. What time tour. will the van be by to pick me up? Um, that's actually, it's not going to be a van. It's, it's, and if it does, it's not going to have any windows. What time does the gremlin it's going to be a really weird-looking guy. They trade that in for a pacer. It, it'll be like a creeper van. Yeah, you, it will be a bus with tiny little I got a song about that. Side. But the only thing that's ironic about that is that you would be normally the guy in the creeper van driving. Okay, so, so you had a song about that. Right, exactly. All right, and I'd, I'd like to thank Mr. Matt Santos uh, for originator. being here and, and supporting the Helen Coyote Tour Radio Hour. Check out milehighradio.com um, and check out... Uh, uh, do you guys want to plug your own... Yeah, my CD. We didn't mention my... Uh, please, actually, yes, my please, please, please. Album. Yes, please. I got Horned Beetle um, with the Horned Beetle band, and then there's the uh, Lollipops album, which is a retrospective of my life in music fantastic yeah. and we're both will be available in usb drives. oh at the at the at the gig at the gig yeah and can can folks find it yeah you could go to jonathanbest.bandcamp okay fantastic bandcamp so i think my favorite one of those I and, and garrick where where yeah. can folks find find your, your same thing your stuff? website uh all those what's the website's name garrick rawlings dot com excellent yeah. good job jonathan best slash jonathan also. best excellent <laughs> building bridges across across instrumentations and all right so we are going to end it with mr matt santos thank you so much folks thanks for having me this Jim. is the uh third episode of the helen coyote tour i'm pretty sure and i will be back again thank you again please come down and check out these great artists bye bye